Well, good morning. Happy summer holidays. Hope you're doing good. Really warm welcome to you if you're a visitor here. Thank you so much for being with us. And we are starting a brief summer series that we like to do every August called History Makers. Now, uh, unlike the previous two years where we've looked mostly at dead history makers, this summer we thought we'd look at living history makers. So men and women who are changing history because of their Christian faith in Jesus, who are changing history in our day. So today, we are going to take a brief look at an Irish rock star called Paul David Hewson. Who, I hear you ask, is Paul David Hewson? Well, some of you may know him better as Bono. He is the frontman of the Irish rock band U2. And he is a committed Christian, he loves Jesus, and he is a man who's helping to change history in our lifetime. And, uh, you know, I, for many years, my dad and I called him Bono, as in the dog food. We uh, only realized about two years ago that that was wrong. His name is Bono, and I'll tell you a little bit more about how he got that nickname later on. But I, I think in Bono's case, a picture or a song kind of can tell a thousand words. So if you just want to strap in your seatbelt where you're sitting, we're gonna, for six minutes, we're just going to enjoy... We're going to enjoy an introduction to who Bono is with a little bit of music. Perhaps we can dim the lights at the back. That'd be fantastic. And let's cue up the music.
If your brother becomes poor, the scriptures say, and cannot maintain himself, you shall maintain him. You shall not lend him your money at interest, nor give him your food for profit. This is such an important idea, Jubilee, that this is how Jesus begins his ministry. His first words are from Isaiah. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, he says, because he has anointed me to preach the good news to the poor. And Jesus proclaims the year of the Lord's favor, the year of Jubilee. I think that's Luke 4. What he was really talking about was an era of grace. And we're still in it. I mean, God may well be with us in our mansions on the hill. I hope so. He may, will, may well be with us in all manner of controversial stuff. Maybe, maybe not. But the one thing we can all agree, all faiths, all ideologies, is that God is with the vulnerable and the poor. God is in the slums, in the cardboard boxes where the poor play house. God is in the silence of a mother who has infected her child with a virus that will end both their lives. God is in the cries heard under the rubble of war. God is in the debris of wasted opportunity and lives. And God is with us if we are with them. We're going to do a potted biography, and then I'm going to draw out four history-defining stances from Bono's life, hopefully to inspire us. And if you have got a fact sheet, if you're a child and you've got one of those, you will find the answers as I talk. So fill them in, look out for those clues and answers as I go. So Bono was born Paul David Hewson on May the 10th, 1960 in Dublin, Ireland, and he joined and started the band U2 in 1976 in high school, and they have gone on to be one of the most influential rock bands in history, particularly over the last 40 years, and right at the heart of this story is a man who loves Jesus. He uh, grew up in Ireland. He was the uh, son of a Catholic father and a Protestant mother. And he grew up in Ireland where Ireland was very, very divided. And so his parents decided that they would bring up their first child as a Protestant and their second child as a Catholic. And Bono was the second child. But irrespective of that decision, he went up going to the Church of Ireland with his mother particularly. And then tragedy struck his family because at 14 years old, his mother suddenly and very tragically died at her own father's funeral. And it was a, a moment of incredible tragedy in Bono's life as a young teenager. This is what he said about that time. He said, I don't have a lot of memories of my mother, which is an unfortunate situation, but I look forward to meeting her again. But the loss of someone like that is significant for a child. And for me, it filled me with music and it deepened my faith. That's what he said about that particular time. And after that time, he, Bono, as you might expect, as many of us do when we hit tragedy when we're young, he started to play up at school. He started to be an absolute nightmare. And uh, he began to kind of go off the rails somewhat at school. And uh, he got a nickname at school. His nickname was the Antichrist. <laughs> I don't know. Just turn to someone next to you and say, just a nickname you had at school. Just, just for a moment. Tell them a nickname that you had at school. I guarantee it wasn't as bad as the Antichrist. That is a bad nickname. K 
Carol's nickname at school was the Bulldog. One of my nicknames at school was Wolfgang. And I still don't know why. I think it's just because it began with a W. But anyway, he began to act up at school. He got this nickname, Antichrist. And eventually he was kicked out of school for throwing dog poo at his science teacher. Which is not recommended or endorsed from this stage. I just like to underline. Don't throw anything at your Spanish teacher. But he got kicked out of school. And he was kind of going through this really, really difficult time in his life because of his grief from losing his mother. And yet it was around this time that he began to read the Bible for himself, and particular the Psalms. And it was there where his love for Jesus really began to grow. This is what he said about reading the Psalms. He said, first of all, King David is a musician, so I'm going to like him. What's so powerful about the Psalms are, as well as there being gospel and songs of praise, they're also the blues. It's very important for Christians to be honest with God which often, you know, God is more interested in who you are than who you want to be. In that season, Bono learned what it was to be honest with God as a friend, to walk with him as someone you can pour out your deepest feelings, the things you don't understand, the mysteries, the pain, the grief. Do you know, this is in, in, in no kind of category the same as what he went through. But I remember as a 16-year-old, I would say it was the time where I learned that God was my friend. It's when the girl that I wanted to go out with wouldn't go out with me. And I remember being a heartbroken little 16-year-old. But I tell you, it was that time where I learned that God was my friend because I began to walk with him and tell him how I really felt on the inside. And you know, God already knows what's going on in your life. He knows it all. And he wants you to be honest with him, as Bono learned in that season. And Bono, eventually, he got this nickname, Bono. And he actually got his nickname from a hearing aid store in the centre of Dublin. There was a hearing aid store called Bonavox of O'Connell Street. And Bonavox literally means good voice in Latin. And so for many years, his mates gave him this nickname, Bonavox, which eventually got shortened to Bono, meaning good voice. And it kind of stuck with him. And it was around that time in 76 when he started a band. He could barely sing. Adam Clayton, the bass player, couldn't yet play the bass guitar. So I just want to say, if you are a budding rock musician and you do not yet play an instrument, there is hope for you. You could start a world-changing rock band, even if you don't yet play an instrument. And so they began this band. They won a competition. They won 500 pounds to record their first kind of music track. And apparently they were so nervous in the studio that it completely tanked. So I tell you, there is hope for all of us. And from those humble beginnings in 1976 grew probably the most influential rock band of the last 30 to 40 years. They have now released 13 albums. Their most famous was in 1987 called The Joshua Tree. They've become one of the most best-selling artists in human history. They've released 100, they sold 170 million records worldwide. They've been nominated for 22 Grammy Awards, more than any other music act in the history of music. They are now part of the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. In other words, they've done pretty well. They've done pretty well, even though apparently Bono still hates the name U2. <laughs> he never wanted it to be called U2, he still hates the name. But right at the heart of this story is a man who's made some history-defining stances. And I just want to look at four of them together. Here is history-defining stance number one. You change the world by doing what God has called you to do. 
That's how you change the world. And shortly after they formed the band U2, uh, three of the band members joined this group in Dublin called Shalom. And it was a new church movement, a new church group. It was neither Catholic or Protestant, which is one of the reasons why they liked it. So they joined this group and they used to worship and sing and, and enjoy God in much the same way as you and I have been enjoying this morning. And for a number of years, they really enjoyed being part of that group until the leaders of that particular church tried to persuade them that they could not be rock stars and Christians at the same time. And Bono knew that God had called him to the music industry. He knew God had called him to sing. And eventually this, this uh, kind of paradox in their life came to a head and they decided we can't be part of this church anymore because we've got to do what God has called us to do. We've got to get into the music industry and influence. And so sadly, they left that group This is what Bono said about music. He said, music can change the world because it can change people. I'm a musician. I write songs. And I just hope when the day is done, I've been able to tear a little corner off of the darkness. Do you know what? You are called to tear off your little piece of the darkness in what God has called you to do. And if you are here as part of our kind of kids club this week or you're in kind of school year three or above, you are going to go on in your life and do some amazing things with your life. Do what God has called you to do. Because that is where you are going to be most fruitful, most happy, going to bring most glory to Jesus. I tell you, if God has called you to be a teacher, be the best teacher you can possibly be to the glory of God. Colossians 3.23 says this, Whatever you do, work as it as if for the Lord. If you're an electrician, if it's a plumber, if it's a professor, if it's a school teacher, a social worker, an entrepreneur, a business leader, do the thing that God has called you to do. Be a Christian where, the, the, where it's darkest. Be a Christian where there's most opposition because that's exactly what God has called you to be. And Bono understood, I am called to make a difference. He said this, A few years ago, he said, we have a pastor who told us, stop asking God to bless what you're doing. Find out what God is doing because it's already blessed. When you align yourself with God's purpose, as described in the scriptures, something special happens in your life. The world is more malleable than you think and it's waiting for you to hammer it into shape. Tell you where God has called you to be, go and hammer that part of your world into shape to the glory of God. That's how you change history. Secondly, second history-defining stance in Bono's life, give your life to serve the poor. Give your life to serve the poor. Now, Bono is an incredibly rich man. What would you do if God entrusted you with such riches? One of the things that Bono's decided to do in his life is that he is going to spend his life on some of the poorest people in the world because he loves Jesus. This is what Bono said. He said, it's no coincidence that in the scriptures, poverty is mentioned more than 2,100 times. It's not an accident. That's a lot of airtime. You know, the only time Jesus Christ is judgmental is on the subject of the poor. As you have done it unto the least of these, my brethren, you have done it unto me. He's given his life to serve the poor. And Just wave at me if you know the song, Do They Know It's Christmas Time? Okay, 
Well, Bono's journey on serving the poor started in 1984 when he was asked by Bob Geldof to sing a line on that album, which was to raise money for the starving in Ethiopia in 1984. And he was, anyone remember the line that he was asked to sing? Well, tonight, thank God it's them instead of you. That was the line that Bono sang on that particular record. And Bob Geldof asked him to sing that line. And Bono didn't want to sing it because it sounded too cruel, too harsh. But Bob Geldof said to Bono, he said, listen, you are the only Christian artist on this record. No one can sing this line with any conviction unless it's you. You've got to sing this line. And so Bono sang that line on that record. And they raised many, many millions of pounds for the Ethiopian uh, uh, kind of tragedy that was going on at the time. And Bono's interest in the, particularly the poor in Africa grew from that moment. And ever since, he has helped raise literally billions of dollars and pounds to pour into some of the poorest people right across the planet. He's particularly got behind campaigns like Make Poverty History and The One Campaign. He, he reminded many people recently, he said, six and a half thousand Africans die every day from preventable, treatable diseases that you can get treated by going to the pharmacy down the road. Six and a half thousand Africans die today because they haven't got access to drugs like we have. And Bono's given his life to serve some of the poorest of the poor. He said this, The fact is that this generation, yours and mine, we're the first generation that can look poverty and disease, look across the ocean to Africa and say with a straight face, we can be the first to end this sort of stupid, extreme poverty where in the world of plenty, a child can die for lack of food in its belly. He's given his life for this. So much so that he was granted a knighthood by Queen Elizabeth in 2007. He's been nominated for the Nobel Peace Prize three times. He was named Person of the Year by Time magazine in 2005. And the lesson for all of us is this. Whoever you are, wherever God has placed you, you are called to love the poor. So how are you doing that in your life? How are you loving the poor? How are you loving those who are, are, have less access to riches than you do, have less access to family than you do, have less access to security than you do? How are you spending your life on behalf of those who have less than you do? Scripture says this, that when you lend to the poor, you lend to the Lord. Did you get that? If you want God to be your business partner, then lend to the poor. You want him to be your business partner, then spend your life on behalf of the poor. This is not for a select few. This is not just for our project. This is for every single person sitting in this room who loves Jesus. You are called to love the poor. And we will always be a church that loves the poor. How are you doing personally? What's God calling you to do in that? Bono said this. He said, we can't fix all the problems, but we must fix the ones that we can. And at a certain point, I just felt, you know, God is not looking for arms. He's looking for action. He's looking for action. He was involved in a venture called Live 8, which as a result secured a doubling of the world's wealthiest countries in their funding from $25 billion to $50 billion per year to the poorest of the poor. And when he meets with presidents and kings, someone once asked him, are you nervous when you meet with them? And he said this, I'm never nervous when I go to meet heads of state. I feel they should be nervous because they're the ones who will be held accountable for the lives their decisions will impact the most. History defining stance number three. 
You can be famous and have a thriving marriage. I love this. You can be famous and have a thriving marriage. So Bono married his childhood sweetheart in 1982. And they first met when they were just 15 years old. Very soon after Bono's mother had died. And Ali, uh, she really began to play the role of surrogate mother. She would be the one that made sure he was dressed in time for school in the morning. She would invite him around and cook him dinner if he was looking hungry and a bit too skinny. And she kind of entered his life and it started this kind of love affair that has lasted now into the 34th year of marriage last year. And Bono remembers their very first date. He said he took Ali on a date and then he dumped her at the bus stop and waved her goodbye. He said it wasn't a good beginning, but it had a good end. (laughs) And this is what he said about his wife. They now have two daughters and two sons. He said, A is for Ali. If her name was Zena, I'd start the alphabet with her anyway. Because everything for me starts with her. Marriage is a grand madness. It's like jumping off a very tall building and discovering that you can fly. I was at some special weddings this year that reminded me and my missus why we jumped. Love that. And then Ali, his wife, in turn said this, Our marriages worked because we like each other, because we talk to each other, and we're passionate about what we do. And I tell you, if you want to define and shape history, whether you're called to be married or not, history shaping starts at home. It starts at home. That's where history really gets shaped. It gets shaped in the hidden decisions of the relationships that are closest to us. And many of us in this room may be called to get married one day. I tell you, think and pray hard about that decision. If you are parents and you have children, start praying now for them that they would meet the right man, the right woman. Because this is a key history-shaping stance. Who you marry. And then history-defining stance number four is a God of grace. One of the things I love about Bono, he's very irreligious. In fact, so much so that if you are religious, you may well be offended by some of the things that Bono does or some of the things that he says. He is very, very irreligious. He doesn't fit a religious stereotype. But one of the things I love about Bono is the understanding that God is a God of grace. And as Simon said earlier, the word grace simply means undeserved favor. It means that this thing that we're a part of, the family of God, isn't because of what I've done, it's because of what he has done. We are in here by a violent act of God's grace where he gave everything to have you. And no amount of your religious deeds will get you into heaven. The only way is through Jesus and the free gifts that he offers It's not about rules, it's about relationship. This is what Bono said. He said, it's a mind-blowing concept that the God who created the universe might be looking for a real relationship with people. At the center of all religions is the idea of karma. You know, what you put out comes back to you. An eye for an eye, a tooth for a tooth. It's clear to me that karma is at the very heart of the universe. I'm absolutely sure of it. And yet along comes this idea called grace. To upend all that, as you reap, so you will sow stuff. Grace defies reason and logic. Love interrupts, if you like, the consequences of your actions, which in my case is very good news indeed, because I've done a lot of stupid stuff, and that's between me and God. But I'd be in big trouble if karma was going to finally be my judge. 
It doesn't excuse my mistakes, but I'm holding out for grace. I'm holding out that Jesus took my sins onto the cross because I know who I am and I hope I don't have to depend on my own religiosity. I love that. So the reality is, if any of us in this room get to depend on karma, we are all in trouble. (laughs) You're in trouble, I'm in trouble. We need the grace of God. And that is the message of Jesus. John 3.16 says, God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him would not perish, but have eternal life. That's the gospel. That's grace. And it's the best news you will ever hear in your life. God has come for you. He has done it on the cross. And I love this verse that in our kids club they've been learning this week. May you have power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ. That's the grace of God. It's a love so high, so wide, so deep. You will never get round it, never get over it, never escape it. God has come for you. And Bono's defined history because he's understood that God is a God of grace. And I'll leave the final words to him. He said, the point of the death of Christ is that Christ took on the sins of the world so that what we put out did not come back to us. And our sinful nature does not reap the obvious death. That's the point. It should keep us humbled. It's not our own good works that get us through the gates of heaven. I love that. And I remember going to Glasgow to watch you two. And I was surrounded, I was standing, I was surrounded by 60,000 mostly drunk Glaswegians. And yet I tell you, the Spirit of God was in that place. It was one of the most magical worship times I've ever had. Because the Spirit of God comes when this guy sings, because he loves Jesus.